Good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. We are in Genesis chapter 47 today. And yesterday I mentioned that this is one of the toughest chapters in the Bible uh, for me. And uh, as we get into it, we will see why. But let's pray for wisdom and ask God to help us understand and apply this chapter to our lives. Father, thank you for your word, living and active. And we need your word. You alone have the words of eternal life. So teach us your word and write it on our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 47. So Joseph went in and told Pharaoh, My father and my brothers with their flocks and herds and all that they possess have come from the land of Canaan. They are now in the land of Goshen. And from among his brothers he took five men and presented them to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, as our fathers were. They said to Pharaoh, We have come to sojourn in the land, for there is no pasture for your servants' flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. And now please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best of the land. Let them settle in the land of Goshen. And if you know any able men among them, put them in charge of my livestock. Then Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and stood him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How many are the days of the years of your life? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my sojourning are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their sojourning. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. Then Joseph settled his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with food according to the number of their dependents. Now there was no food in all the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished by reason of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan in exchange for the grain that they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. And when the money was all spent in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us food! Why should we die before your eyes, for our money is gone? And Joseph answered, Give your livestock, and I will give you food in exchange for your livestock, if your money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them food in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the herds, and the donkeys. He supplied them with food in exchange for all their livestock that year. And when that year was ended, they came to him the following year, and they said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is all spent, the herds of livestock are my Lord's. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? 
buy us and our land for food, and we, with our land, shall be servants to Pharaoh, and give us seed that we may live and not die, so that the land may not be desolate. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for all of the Egyptians sold their fields because the famine was severe on them. The land became Pharaoh's. As for the people, he made servants of them from one end of Egypt to the other. Only the land of the priests he did not buy, for the priests had a fixed allowance from Pharaoh and lived on the allowance that Pharaoh gave them, and therefore they did not sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Behold, I have this day bought you and your land for Pharaoh. Now here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And at the harvests you shall give a fifth to Pharaoh, and four-fifths shall be your own, as seed for the field, and as food for yourselves and your households, and as food for your little ones. And they said, You have saved our lives. May it please my Lord, we will be servants to Pharaoh. So Joseph made it a statute concerning the land of Egypt as it stands to this day, that Pharaoh should have the fifth. The land of the priests alone did not become Pharaoh's. Thus Israel settled in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen, and they gained possessions in it, and were fruitful and multiplied greatly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years. So the days of Jacob, the years of his life, were one hundred forty-seven years. And when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, put your hand under my thigh and promise to deal kindly and truly with me. Do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers. Carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burying place. He answered, I will do as you have said. And he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. Then Israel bowed himself upon the head of his bed. It's Genesis chapter 47 in the English Standard Version. So the beginning of this chapter is a very continuation of the very happy story of Genesis 45 and 46. We have really the finishing of that account where uh, Joseph goes into Pharaoh and, and tells him, my father, my brothers, their flocks and herds, all they possess have come. They're in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh asks one of his brothers, it's very clever, by the way, that <laughs> Joseph takes five men of his brothers and presents them. He doesn't take all, you know, 11 of them. He just takes five. He doesn't want to overwhelm Pharaoh. He doesn't want Pharaoh thinking, wait a minute, where are all these people coming from? So he's very, he's very prudent. There's 70 people that have come down total, including Joseph and his family, that are total part of the people of God. But he just takes five as a representative sample. And uh, he says, Pharaoh asks them, what's your occupation? And they tell Pharaoh, your servants are shepherds as our fathers were. Uh, and they said to Pharaoh, we've come to sojourn in the land for there's no pasture for your servants flocks for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. And now please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And, and Pharaoh agrees to this. We were told in the last chapter that we looked at a couple days ago that the Egyptians were an abomination, you know, she uh, sorry, shepherds were an abomination in the eyes of the Egyptians. The Egyptians just despised shepherds. And so they would want them to be sort of far off in the land of Goshen. But far off in the land of Goshen, they, they were protected. Uh, it was uh, good pasture land. 
and their livestock was being taken care of, and uh, Joseph was able to take care of his family. Verse 12, Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all of his father's household with food according to the number of their dependents. So when the rest of Egypt is coming and giving up all their money and then selling all their livestock and even selling themselves and their land to Pharaoh just for food to stay alive, Joseph's family is protected from that. Now later things are going to be reversed and the Hebrews are going to be the slave labor in Egypt, but that's going to happen years and years down the line when there's a change of, of Egyptian dynasty and a change uh, and a Pharaoh comes in who doesn't know anything about Joseph and his role. But for now, Joseph's family, the people of God, are protected from this enslavement. And then this is this is the troubling part of the chapter for me. Um, it's troubling because Joseph is a good man. He's kind. He's just. He's wise. And yet it looks like he's just, well, he's enslaving an entire nation and taking away all of their land uh, and giving them all to Pharaoh so that, so that Egypt becomes Pharaoh's personal possession. And this is the way it would remain, by the way, throughout the rest of Egyptian history until, actually until um, Mark Anthony, Cleopatra, the Roman conquest of Egypt, and the Romans end up, actually the Roman emperors personally end up owning the whole land of Egypt. So Caesar Augustus, the first Roman emperor, perhaps the wealthiest man ever in the history of the world, because his personal possession was Egypt, which was the most productive grain land in the whole of the Roman Empire. He owned an entire nation. And the reason why that was even possible is because of what Joseph does here. Now, Joseph is wise. He's very shrewd, but it just seems cruel. It seems cruel to not give relief to people and let them eat. Uh, I can kind of understand taking their livestock because that's the only form of payment they had. But but it seems to me that it would have been kinder and better for him to just set up a feeding program at that point so that, I mean, Pharaoh is not going to be much of a Pharaoh if his whole population dies of starvation. Now, to be fair, it was the people who actually come to Joseph and who say, um, we don't have anything. You know, we, we have nothing that we can give you. Um, and so they make the suggestion in verse 19, buy us and our land for food, and with our land we will be servants to Pharaoh. It still seems like a terrible thing. Now again, just because something's recorded in the Bible as having been done, and just because something's recorded in the Bible as having been done by one of God's people, unless that's Jesus, who we know was sinless, it doesn't mean that God is making his approval of these actions. So scripture is not commenting one way or the other, on what Joseph does as to whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. And as hard as it is to read that part, the way that it comes out in the end for the people is really not bad considering the circumstances. The way it practically works itself out is that all the land in Egypt belongs to Pharaoh, which means he gets a fifth. He gets 20%. So basically, there's a 20% tax rate on all of the crops that are harvested in Egypt. That's basically what they did during the seven years of famine, remember, or seven years of plenty. Remember that? There were seven years of plenty, and they took one-fifth of the crop from the whole land and put it aside in storehouses. So that's a very reasonable amount of taxation, 
as a flat tax on the whole land. That's a very reasonable amount level of taxation. And they get to keep four-fifths for themselves. So in the end, it's maybe not so terrible. I just have this just visceral reaction against seeing a whole people enslaved and their land taken away uh, because there's famine in the land. But um, God is sovereign over all of this and God is going to use this for his purposes, even if he may or may not approve of it. Uh, and in the end, Joseph is kind in that, you know, he could have said, you give half of all the grain to Pharaoh, uh, but he doesn't. He just sets it at 20% to allow the people to still be able to live decent lives. Um, and then we have the final request of Jacob at the end of the chapter. This is one of the key themes of scripture. We, we've talked about this several times before of God's people under God's rule in God's place. They're in Egypt. This is not God's place. This is a land of false gods and pharaohs and, and foreign, uh, you know, false religion. Jacob wants to go home to the land of promise, the promised land, God's land, to be under God's covenant promise, to be buried in hope in the land of Canaan. And so he makes Joseph swear that when he dies, he will be carried up out of Egypt and buried with his fathers in the burying place uh, under God's covenant promise in God's land. So that is a that is a sign of faith and a sign of hope in the covenant promises. And it shows us that Jacob has come a long way in his 147 years of life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your provision for us. We thank you that you have bought us for yourself and that that's redemption and that's salvation and that's rescue from death. So we thank you for the hope that is ours in Jesus and the inheritance that we have in the land that you have promised to us in the new heavens and the new earth. Help us to wait for that land in expectant hope. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that's Genesis chapter 47, and uh, we'll move on to Genesis chapter 48 tomorrow. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.